Hello, and welcome to episode 222 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfor-Stewart. A warm welcome to Carly A., Megan B., Angie D., and Chris P. to The Modern Manager membership. I am so excited about the new Modern Manager Skills Accelerator that is being launched on October 1st. If you are on my email list, you will be getting all the details there. And if you're not, but you want to know more about this program, go to themodernmanager.com slash skills accelerator to learn about the new resource center, our mobile app, office hours, and more to help you accelerate your development as a rockstar manager. And if you decide to become a member of the podcast before October 1st, you'll get almost 50% off the Skills Accelerator program. So if you've been thinking about joining, now is the perfect time. You can get all those links in the show notes or get on my email list at themodernmanager.com and you'll receive those links in your inbox. Now, today's guest is Lance Tanaka. Lance is an executive leadership expert. He and his team elevate leaders and their teams to increase business production, performance, and profits. Lance and I talk about the lessons from his latest book, Dream and Achieve, 90 Days to a Life of Purpose. We walk through the process that Lance and hundreds of others have used to help clarify their goals and take steps toward their desired future. Now here's the conversation. You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. Thank you so much for joining me today, Lance. I'm super excited to chat with you. And I want to talk about this concept, this process you've developed called the DNA. So can you just lay some groundwork? What is this process and why did you go down this journey yourself? Well, the DNA stands for dream and achieve. And it's really a 90-day process. And the reason why I did that is if I could do a personal example, when I was 35, I was the general manager for Pepsi Tokyo. And I realized at that time, I didn't want to do that for the rest of my life. So I set a 10-year plan saying, you know, when I turn 45 in 2001, I'm leaving the corporate world and I'm going to do what I was meant to do, why I was put on this earth. But wow, what is that? And so, you know, I read a lot of different books and things, but uh, through that 10 years, I discovered this process that's worked very well with helping people to discover who they are. And it's, it's really the base premises around is you need to be the person or the leader that you were designed to be. Mm. Not necessarily the one that you want to be, not necessarily the one that other people think you should be. It should be based on this is my DNA. This is who I am. And I've got to be true to that. And if I do that and I nurture that and I develop that, I can be amazing at anything rather than being average. Right, right, right. Well, wait, so how did you go then from this 10-year aspiration to figuring it all out? Because a lot of us have our 10-year aspirations and never figure it out. (laughs) Yeah, well, I've run across thousands of people in that situation. It was this process. It was uh, really kind of honing this process to be able to discover who I am, number one. The number two is what I call drill down, is a lot of times you can take an assessment or you know who you are, say, these are my strengths, these are my passions but they tend to be too general. Mm. And so what what I've discovered is that you've got to drill down and get the specificity of who, what, where, when for those things. And then the step three, which is probably the most important, which is action. Mm. Got to take action. And it's not something that 
you know, this big, big step that you need to take. It's always the small little steps that you can take right now. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like it's always like the big things are always feel so heavy and hard and the small things are actually doable. Yeah. So let's walk through each of these little pieces. Tell me a little bit more about your process of discovering your gifts or your talents. Is it only through assessments? Is it through self-reflection? Kind of how do you recommend we kind of take a step back and really like figure out, you know, what what it is that we have to give to the world? Well, you know, there are, uh, maybe there are a lot of great tools out there to help you with it, to be able to help you say, okay, this is who I am. These are my strengths or these are my passions or these are my experiences. Our process, the process that I uh, uh, did is that you need to just do take out two pieces of paper or two spreadsheets. And one of them should be around, these are my strengths. Mm-hmm. And then the other list should be around, these are my passions what's important, who's important. Mm. And the thing is, you cannot just sit down for one or two hours and write that list. It's it's just not going to work. You actually, I'd rather have you only spend about 10, 15 minutes on it. Put it away. Take it off the next day, 10, 15 minutes, add to it, put it away <laughs> and do this over a period of time. And what I typically find is around 20 days. If you can, If you can devote 10, 15 minutes every day to this list, at the end of those 20 days, you're going to have a pretty sizable passion list. Your strength list may not be as long, but that's the start. Now, you can get that through this process. You can get that through strength finders. You can get that through DISC, you, all, you know, all the other things that are out there. And that's the first step. And what you'll find if you use our process of passion and strength list, you put it together, you're going to find some really common themes that run across both. And you're going to see it over and over and over and over again. And typically what I find is people need between seven and nine, what I call elements. These are the things that I need to have in my life. These are the things that are across between my strengths and my passions. These are the things that really describe my experiences. And this is these crossroads that give you these seven to nine things that you need to have in your life. Oh, I'm wondering if you have either examples from yourself or from any of your clients that you can share. What, is, what does that result tangibly look like? What are those elements? Okay. Well, let's say for me, one of the key ones is around impact. I've got to have an impact on something or someone. This is kind of like a drug mm. <laughs> that I just need to have. And this is something that is that has been with me since the day I was born. And it'll probably be with me for, you know, until the day I die. That's just one. Another one's around performing is I love to perform, you know, whether it's being on stage in music or doing public speaking or facilitating a group and and so on. So I've got these nine things in there. And what we find with whoever, whoever we work with, there are three that are always on the list. One is around health, mm. whether it's health or fitness. The second one is always going to be around money. Mm. And the third one's always going to be around relationships. Oh. So those three things, in addition to impact, performing, mentoring, all the other things, you'll typically find seven to nine that, every, that pe- most people have somewhere in that neighborhood. Amazing. And once you have this list, what do you do with it? How do you then use that list to, to start to make a transformation in your life? Okay. There's two things you got to look at. One is drilling down to get the specificity. 
Because, okay, let's say I understand that, yeah, impact is a really strong element for me. Well, that doesn't give me any direction, doesn't really give me clarity. I got to see who do I want to impact? What do I want to impact them on? Where do I want to be doing this impact? When would I want to be doing it? And by drilling down for each of those of those elements, you're going to start getting some commonalities across all of them. You'll see a lot of overlap. And that's going to tell you, wow, that is really, really critical. And by the end of this process, you're going to have nine elements of the who, what, where, when, targets, all that. And that's going to be a really clear roadmap for you. Mm, And I think if I remember correctly, when I was reading your book, you talk about a direction rather than a, a North Star. Can you say more about how that uh, plays in and what, what that concept yeah. is? Well, I'm glad you asked that because this one is really critical, a really critical concept is that most people, when they're trying to figure out, oh, this is what I want to do with my life, or this is my goal in life, or this is my mission or vision, they tend to want to know true North. Mm. Essentially, what that means is the answer. One degree west, three degrees east is no longer true north. And so what happens is that I think this is the wrong way to look at it because one, you may never figure it out. That's a hard thing to figure out exactly true north. Two, there's no options. It's just this one thing in the distance. Three, and probably the most important is that most people won't take action until they know what true north is. Oh, so it just slows and stops you from ever taking any steps. That's it. So you end up mired in whatever poor situation or bad relationship or the company that you really don't like or a boss that you can't stand. You're stuck and you need to move. So what we try to do is is try to help you identify north. Mm, just directionally. So it's directionally. So you'll your seven to nine elements are in your north. And if you go 12 degrees west, it's still north. If you're going six degrees east, it's still north. And what I want people to understand is you should be trying to clarify and pursue north. Mm. Because if you do that, one, you're always moving in the right direction. There, There will be course corrections, but you're still moving in the right direction. And the other really important thing is this will help you look at integrating all nine into your life because what we find, because I work with a lot of uh, CEOs, Fortune 100 companies, and you'd be amazed how many of them are not happy. Mm. And it's because they pursued one or two of their elements. It could be money, it could be power, position, nothing wrong with that. If you want to be rich, beautiful. If you want to be powerful, excellent. But if you are only pursuing those two things, sacrificing the other seven, your health deteriorates. You have no great relationships. You're, you're on your third marriage. Uh, your kids don't talk to you. You're going to be miserable. I don't care how much money you have. And so by understanding North, it have, helps you look at all the things that you need to have and try to figure out some balance of those nine things. You cannot ignore any of them. I'm remembering a previous guest who talked about this idea of balance similar to riding a bike, where when you balance on a bike, you're not just sitting still on it, right? That's not the moment of balance. It's actually this kind of shifting from side to side as the road changes, as you have to kind of keep yourself upright. And I'm, I'm hearing a very similar philosophy that you have all these different elements. 
You need to be attending to them all. Heading in the right direction is going to require sometimes zigging and zagging. But as long as you're balancing out back and forth, you're going to continue to move directionally in the way you want to go and and not worry so much about getting to any particular exact point because the journey itself is really leading you in a good direction. Exactly. And who knows what that point will be? And it, it could be hundreds or thousands of different points, and they're all going to be good because they'll have some kind of balance of those nine things. Now, this option might have this kind of balance. This option might have a different balance, but yet it, there's still there's still some kind of balance in there. Oh, so beautiful. I, I love this this metaphor, moving north. Can you maybe share a story of someone who you've worked with who's used this process and kind of how it ultimately impacted their life and can you know what transformation did they experience? Okay. I can think of some, but I can't mention their name or their company, but That's they were okay. a, a big a big three consulting firm. So this is a you know big time. And this person was a manager within it, consultant, not not a high level yet. And they went through this process and they identified, I think it was eight or nine different things. One around relationship was need to find a partner to get married to. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That was one key one. They had a financial goal, fitness, health, things that were important. But then they also understood that they love biology and chemistry, that they like to contribute to society, not just make money, but actually help people. And so through this process, what this person discovered is saying their current situation of consulting wasn't quite getting them there. And what they eventually did, probably about after a year, is they ended up moving to a pharmaceutical organization in Zurich. Whoa, big change. And so they started working within this pharma- pharmaceutical company. But then continuing to look and refine this list, these elements, they ultimately decided is to have the real impact they wanted. They needed to start up their own medical device company. So they ended up going to California and co-founding a medical device company. And this person is in the book. She's quoted that this is the happiest she's ever been because she she was able to get a direction, make those steps. It's the, the next step wasn't the perfect one. In fact, none of them will ever be the perfect one. But through these series of moves, ended up being somewhere that really, really you know, feels purposeful, you know, on a mission, fulfilled, and figuring out this balance of these nine elements. Wow. I mean, that's a huge transformation. And I love that it wasn't just the direct line. It was first a step in a shift in a career in one direction, and then it was another realization and a shift in a, in a correction in another direction that ultimately brought her to, to the place she is now. That's beautiful. But each step, that person was moving north. Right. Yes. <laughs> and is it always such big transformations. I'm, I'm imagining some people are like, well, I'm relatively happy where I'm at. I'm, I'm, I don't know that I want to like go through some process and totally uproot my life. Is it always yeah. end up being these huge ahas and, and big transformations or, or is there also kind of smaller discoveries that can happen? There's three typical outcomes we see. One is the big one, move to a different company. Second one's what I call a sideways shift. So it might be stay in the same relationship, stay in the same company, but maybe I'll shift to a different team. Mm. Or maybe I'll move to a different country still within the same organization. The third one, which is the most common, is minor 
minor um, shifts, minor steps mm. to take. And people think, well, you know, this, this small step isn't going to make a difference. Well, it will make a difference, especially as you if you keep starting making this correction, this addition, this subtraction. And over time, these little things, these minor course corrections all add up to a significant tipping point. Do you have any any examples of what those minor steps might look like? What like what is, are the little things that people do that make that big impact over time? Okay, I can give you thousands of them. One that comes to mind is I was working with somebody for an accounting firm. It was a lady and she was going to quit. I go, why, do you, why are you quitting? He says, well, because my work-life balance is out of balance. And so instead of making that significant change, because she actually loved what she was doing mm. and it fit very well with who she was, it fit her DNA well. But after discussing, going through maybe a 10-minute discussion, discovered the most important impact was that she had to travel on Sunday night to be at the client Monday morning. And so every Sunday she had to, you know, she had to take this flight. And, and, you know, if you've got the Sunday flight hanging over you, it ruins your entire weekend. Yeah. And it created a big family issue and a lot of stress for her. So what what she do? She decided to go talk to the client and to the senior partner and say, hey, this is creating a, a personal problem for me and my family. Is it OK if I fly out Monday morning? We'll work extra on Tuesday night or whatever. We won't miss a beat. But that Sunday night travel, can we stop? And they said, sure. (laughs) Now that may not have changed her entire work-life balance, but it was actually fairly significant. And this also taught her is that she actually has more control over things than she really realized. Mm. And so from there, she actually ended up making another correction. And another correction, little ones. And again, it all added up. And she's still in she's still in that organization. Wow. I mean, it's such an important reminder that, you know, sometimes you just have to ask, right? Sometimes you just gotta be gotta figure out what the real problem is and then, you know, voice concerns and talk to your boss or talk to your client or whoever it is, because we do often have more control than we we realize. Such a exactly. good lesson. Yes. All right. So you know, the people that we're, we're talking to right now who are listening are managers. And so they're thinking, you know, both about their own life, their own journey, their own north, but also how they can help their team members be their best selves and fulfill their life's purpose in these ways. So how do you recommend or have you worked with teams or how do you recommend that managers go about opening these kinds of conversations with their team members so that they can help ensure that their team members are finding their north and moving in the right direction? First of all, they must learn how to do this. This is becoming so critical in the work world. I was just just reading a McKinsey study that showed that 63% of employees expect to have purpose in their day-to-day work life. 63%, that is unbelievable. Now, that may have been less pre-COVID, but COVID has really accelerated that issue. Also found in that study that 40% of people are thinking of leaving. That is right? not that is not easy on managers, right? You're like, oh gosh, yeah. I have to hire so many people and yeah. hiring is hard. Yeah. So the thing is, is that employees are evolving and the evolution is moving towards purpose, towards balance, to all these things, especially with millennials. These things are becoming incredibly important. And so you as a manager need to be able to encourage 
people, your people to discover. Really, a lot of people are afraid of that. They say, well, you know, if I help them figure out who they are, they may discover themselves out of the job. It's possible. That does happen. But that's rare. And if you can get into the habit of being able to work with your people to help them to discover their north, you're going to find, okay, maybe one person leaves. But what you'll find is people will start shifting and start kind of rebalancing their work to be able to focus on who they are, what they're good at, what they love to do. And if you could get your people into that situation, the results are going to be incredible. Because if you think about it, if every day your employees doing something they love to do and that they're good at, the results are going to be amazing. Oh, yeah. I'm imagining the loyalty that they will have to you and to the company for giving them that opportunity. Exactly. Because no other manager is doing that. The other manager is saying, here's what I want you to do. Go do it. And if you do it, you'll, you know, you'll succeed. Well, maybe, but I, I think somebody's going to succeed better if they are following their north, if they're pursuing their north, they're going to be much more successful. And if I can get my employees in general to do that, I'm going to be incredibly successful. So is this something where a team can do it kind of individually, but all together? So they can all read your book and go through the process and individuals can talk with their manager about what they're discovering and the manager can help, you know, coach or, or pull out things. You know, is that, is, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out like, what do I do if I'm like, yes, yes, I really want to do this with my team. What am I, what's my next step? Yeah. I mean, it could be done as an individual. It could be done in a group. It's, it's actually better to be done in a group because you're going to learn from each other. There's going to be a lot of questions that will come up as you go through this process. It's best to have a coach who's experienced in it, but you don't necessarily have to do that. Again, if you've got a manager who, okay, maybe they're not so well-versed in the process, but at least you know they have that uh, the desire for people to do that, it's going to work out. It's going to work out really well. And people are going to learn. And what's going to happen is there's going to be some minor course corrections within the team. Yeah. And I, I'm also thinking about some of the benefits. I know for myself, when I ask people, you know, what am I good at? The things that they think I'm good at are not always the things that I think I'm good at, which yeah. is kind of a, a strange thing It's and and can be very enlightening. So I could imagine teams, you know, almost assessing each other and saying, you know, for each person, what do you see as their key strengths? And that being good input into each person's list to say, oh, wow, look, three or four of my team members think I'm great at presenting. I never thought of myself as a good presenter, but fascinating that my team sees me that way. And, and there's a lot of reasons why people are not good at identifying their strengths. And one of the big ones that we find is people tend to compare versus an absolute, meaning, oh. okay, I'm, you know, I'm a pretty good presenter, but wow that person's so much better than me. So it's probably not my strength. That's wrong way to look at it. You need to be looking at your strengths in terms of relativity. Oh, I'm stronger at presenting than I'm at numbers. That's really important. Now, this may not mean you're amazing at presenting, but if you're good at it in comparison to other things, and then you start presenting more or get training in presenting you're going to take this strength and it's going to start moving up very quickly to a towering strength. The mistake that people make is they spend all their development time on fixing a weakness. Mm, Yeah. And that's a problem. There are certain weaknesses you have to, you have to develop 
so they don't get in the way. But really what we, when we're working with people is we want them to focus most of their time on their strengths, get training in their strengths, work with people who have those strengths and just kind of just continually uh, nurture them. And what you'll find, it's, it's like biggest bang for your buck. You don't have to put a tremendous amount of effort in, and you'll see growth. I love it. It reminds me of like being a kid and when you're you know, first trying out sports or an instrument, the thing that you're kind of naturally good at is the best place to get lessons in, the best place to put your time and energy and not in the the instrument or the sport or the art form that you're you're not good at. That's never a, a fun exactly. way to to get started. So it, it makes a lot of sense. But that's, that, that is difficult because a lot of people have different expectations. The parents might say, oh, you should do this sport or no, that's not a very practical instrument. You should go with this instrument. And there's nothing wrong with listening to these people. They're wise. They have ex- more experience. But you, you got to look inward and say, OK, what is it that I love to do? What is it that I'm really good at? You have to constantly be doing that. Yes, get input from others. That's great. But don't over, don't overly weight those. Yeah. It's so important to great. You gotta be true to yourself. All right. Well, we have to shift gears and start our our end of our conversation. This has been so fascinating. But Lance, can you tell me about an amazing manager that you worked for and what made this person such a great boss? Yeah, I worked for this boss four different times. Whoa. <laughs> I worked with him when I this was many years ago when I was at Pepsi. I worked with them in in Texas. And then I got moved to Florida, promoted to Florida, and then this person ended up moving to Florida, and then I reported again to them, and then he ended up going to New York, the headquarters, and then he pulled me into New York, and then he ended up going to Chicago, pulled me over to Chicago. The, the thing that was great about him is that he wasn't focused on himself. It wasn't like, I'm, you know, I'm amazing, I'm, this is what I need to accomplish. What he was really good at was understanding his people and trying to get insight into this is who you, who you are. This is what you're good at. This is your aspiration, not mine, not what the organization wants. This is yours. And he was really good at nurturing that and in helping us figure out what that is. And it could be at the at his expense because we may end up deciding, you know, this isn't the right job for me. And yeah, I'm sure and yet some people did leave. That's fine. But that was incredible. And I, you know, I'll be loyal to this guy for the rest of my life. Oh, beautiful. Amazing. And where can people learn more about you and keep up with your work? Well, there's a number of places, but I think the easiest one is my personal website. It's Lance Tanaka 360. So Lance 360.com. And in that uh, site, it has all my books, has all my podcasts. It has also has the company website and all the programs and all things we do in the videos that explain it. And if they're interested in Dream and Achieve DNA, it's in the, it's also in that site. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much again for joining me today. I really enjoyed our conversation, and I've got some uh, some next steps of my own now to go find my north. <laughs> my pleasure, baby. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Lance is providing twenty five percent off his online course, Dream and Achieve: Ninety Days to a Life of Purpose. And this is available to members of the Modern Manager at the Sprout level or above. But you must register for the course by September 30th to get that discount. 
To become a member, go to themodernmanager.com slash join. And if you work for a government or nonprofit agency, you get 20% off of any membership level. And if you join before October 1st, you'll also have that option of joining my newest program, the Modern Manager Skills Accelerator, at almost 50% off, which will include your membership fee, so you will get a ton of bang for your buck. Again, go to themodernmanager.com slash join to learn more. All the links are in the show notes, and they can be delivered to your inbox when you subscribe to my newsletter. Find that at themodernmanager.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration, and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues, and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rock star boss of a thriving team, I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player and join the mailing list at mamieks.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.